Welcome to Cornerstone Church of Parker and our Sunday service webcast, which is connecting you to God's Word anywhere over the internet. We're glad you're joining our webcast today and pray that God will minister to you as we share His good news in Christ Jesus. And now, with a message from God's Word, here's our speaker for today. Vanities of vanities, says the preacher or teacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. That is the opening statement from the book of Ecclesiastes, written, traditionally written from King Solomon. The opening statement of vanity, that word itself, was, is mentioned and appears in Ecclesiastes over 37 times. The preacher, Solomon again, the wisest, richest, and most influential, most, most, he had a lot of influence <laughs> over the kingdom of Israel, And he basically gets to this place in life after he has searched high and low. And after he has done everything which he says under the sun, which by the way, under the sun is mentioned 27 times in the book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon gets to this place after he has tried everything in life and he finally realizes and he says that popularity and passion, and money, and wealth does not satisfy the heart of my soul. That this void that we have as man, that nothing can satisfy it but God alone. God alone. And so Solomon, the book of, as he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, think of it as you being at the end of your life. And through each season of your life, you have the opportunity of making a journal of every part of your life, every season, every step. And then it's to the end of your life and you have a collaboration of all of these experiences in life. Journals after journals after journals. And you sit there and you ponder, God, What was the purpose of my life? What was the meaning of my life? And so think of this about Solomon. That's what he was doing. And I know that Pastor Mike last week gave a little bit of an introduction of King Solomon and his highs and his lows and how he started out as being a man of God and then he went off and waited a little bit and then at the end of his life he came back to God. This is King Solomon. This is him saying to us this morning, Listen, I was the most wisest man on earth. I was the most wealthiest man on earth. I did everything. I experienced everything. Everything. But at the end of my life, I am saying to you, eat, drink, rejoice, do good, live joyfully, fear God, and keep his commandments. See, what started out 
as cynicism in the book of Ecclesiastes. Basically, the book of Ecclesiastes is 12 chapters. And today, we're going to be looking at specifically at chapter 3. But basically, Ecclesiastes, the first six chapters, I would say put it in half, it's Solomon being asking God all these questions about life. It's his hunt, it's his quest, it's his search for the meaning of life. And then at the end of the book of Ecclesiastes, that's when he, Ecclesiastes, that's when he realizes that nothing on earth matters than to have God in his life and to be able to realize that we will never be happy without knowing God and having him fill that void within, void within our life. This morning, I want to talk about the seasons of our life. And I want to talk about how we embrace those seasons of our life. And I'm going to be doing something that I'm not used to here uh, this morning. I'm in a season where God is challenging me. I'm in a season where I'm listening more and more of how he wants to use me to be able to communicate his word. And uh, when I was given the opportunity to come and speak to, the, to you this morning, I didn't take that lightly. And I spent a lot of time asking the Lord, how do I communicate what you have for your people this morning? Not only that, what do you have to communicate towards me? So I kind of look at it as Solomon, where the last couple of months I have journaled in my prayer time things for this congregation, things for you. And so if, it tends, if I tend to sometimes be looking down on my notes a lot, it's because I really have put together God's heart on paper. It's like looking at the book of Ecclesiastes for you, that this is God's message for you. Now, when we were worshiping, the Lord gave me this image. He gave me the image of two sets of people this morning. The first image was somebody on an inner tube, okay? That you're on the water, and you're on this inner tube, and you're flipping around, and you're flying around. How many of you guys have been on a, an inner tube behind a boat? Okay, just that picture, and, and you got to hold on tight. But, you, but you're having the joy of your life, because it's fun, but yet at the same time, you're holding on, and you're holding on, and you don't, you don't really understand where your destiny is going, or, or what, what, where the boat's going to go, but man, you're full of hope and anticipation. Well, that's the first image that I had that God was saying, some of you are here today, with him. Like, you really don't know where you're going, but you're really excited on this ride with him, but you're also cleaning and holding on for your life, because there's some things in your life that are very, very challenging. And then the second image I had was the person at the shoreline looking at the person on the inner tube. Wow, look at them. How can they do that? And the person on the shoreline, you're just holding on to just all you can because you're fearful. You're, feel, you're fearful of going out into the water. You're fearful of taking that step of faith. And so, but you also are holding on to the best that you can to God. And so I don't know why God gave me those two, mess, those two visions during worship, 
But I heard, I listened, I obeyed, I spoke. And so I pray that with that, God will be able to speak to your hearts. So this morning, we're going to be talking about embracing our spiritual seasons. And when I talk about seasons, I'm not meaning about just what you're going through in life. I want to talk about the soul of your season, where you are with your relationship with God, where your soul is, what is it speaking to you? What are you feeling with your relationship with God this morning and today? So if you would take your Bibles and turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 15 through, I mean, verses 1 through 15. And if you don't have a Bible, please feel free to follow through the PowerPoint. And also, if you don't own a Bible, please feel free to grab one on the table here at the left, and that will be a gift from you from this church. But this morning, I also have handouts. And if you want to follow along with the handouts, that's for those of you who want to know where we're going in this, in this sermon. And so where we're headed this morning is I want to, be, I want to talk about Uh, first off, talk about every season in our life, how God is in it. First, how, every, how God is in every season of our life. Second, we're going to be looking at reasons for our seasons. Third, why it's important to know our season. And fourth, how do we embrace our season? So if you can bow your hearts with me quickly. And briefly, let's say, let's say a prayer together to God. Father, I thank you so much for Parker First Assembly of God. I thank you so much for the, the, the faces that I see again from when I was here a couple of months ago. I thank you, Father, for even what you already started this morning in worship, taking communion, times of worship, reviewing uh, the importance of missions and what you're doing in Japan. But Father, you have a message here this morning for each and every one of us here. So Father, I pray that you will come as only you know how and that you will speak to each heart and those who are on that inner tube holding on for their dear life, that you will settle them with your peace. And those who are sitting at the shoreline this morning, fearful of stepping out with you, I pray that you will whisper your peace to their soul. So, Father, we give you this message, we give you this time together, and we embrace it with anticipation of knowing that you will do your will in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, I'm a, a very relational person. When I hear a person speak or read a book or watch a movie, I want to know about them. I want to know their stories. I want to know who they are. I want to know how they got to the place they are. I, one of the things I love about life is, is the different people that we are. Each of us are individuals. And I love seeing people with tattoos because I know that behind every tattoo is a story. And I love to hear the stories of people. And so this morning... I would like to give you a story of my, of, of, about myself, of how I encountered a specific season in my life and what I learned from that and how I embraced it. 
And so hopefully with sharing the story, it can validate your relationship where you are with God and validate also where you're going in your relationship with God and, and what it looks like. I don't know if this is working. <laughs> One behind. There we go. When I was a sophomore in college, I had an urgency to know God, to hear God, to be used of God. I had an urgency to share everything that he was doing in my life. I wanted to know how God looked at people, and I wanted to know how he looked at me, and I wanted to know how I could be effective in sharing his gospel with others. And so I was on this quest, kind of like similar with Solomon, where I wanted to hear and know what God had for my life. I wanted to hear and know what God had for, the, for other people, what his plans were. And so you know what I did? I made an appointment with God for one hour a day in between two of my morning classes. An appointment with God with the anticipation to hear him so that he can speak the great wonders of the universe to me and speak what he had for me. And so in between a class period, on Mondays through Friday, after my first class, I would climb up the stairs of the A, Arizona State University Liberal Arts and Science Building, and I would stand on top of the roof that overlooked the campus with the anticipation of asking God to speak to me. Now, I got to tell you, I was disappointed. The very first couple of days, I was disappointed, and that disappointment turned into frustration. Why? Because I expected God to talk to me immediately. I expected him to show me what he wanted out of my life. I expected he to begin to tell me how to share him with others. And so as I stood on top of that building, overlooking the campus, on the third day, God whispered to my heart and said, why don't you open up my Bible? Open up my Bible. So I obeyed, and I sat on the top of that roof for an hour every day, Monday through Friday, my entire sophomore year in college, reading the scriptures. Now, I not only did that for one hour in the morning, in the afternoons, I also made an appointment one hour in between after lunch in my next, my next class of the day, to sit at the McDonald's at the, in the Memorial Student Union of ASU with excitement to ask the Lord to send people to my table so that I could serve Jesus with. Again, I felt disappointed and discouraged because I sat there the first three days and God sent no one. So again, the Holy Spirit whispered to my heart, why don't you open up my scriptures and read them? So for one hour, all through my sophomore year in the afternoons, I sat in McDonald's and I read his scripture and I journaled my, and I journaled my thoughts. Next, I move on to my junior year. I decided to keep my commitment to the Lord. 
I decided, okay, God, I'm going to continue to spend that one hour on top of the, on the roof and that one hour in McDonald's. So I did that. And on the first day of being on top of the roof, overlooking the campus, the Holy Spirit prompted my heart and said, okay, what I want you to do is start praying the scriptures that you have in your heart after a year of reading them. Pray them over your professors, the students, this campus. And so I did that. I raised my hands up on the roof and I was saying, God, I pray for my professors that you, that they will know your love, that they will know the knowledge and the depth of who you are, that you will fill them with knowledge and understanding for your glory, Ephesians 1.9. And I continue to do that for my whole entire junior year. Now, moving on to the afternoon, sitting in McDonald's, okay, God, please send people to my table. I read your scriptures, and on the first day of my junior year, sitting at, in McDonald's at the table, the Holy Spirit said the same. Now I want you to start praying the scriptures underneath your breath as students pass by. Pray the scriptures, pray the scriptures. So I did that for an hour, every afternoon, Monday through Friday during my junior year. That was a season that I could express a lot about. I wanted to hear God. I wanted him to do this. I wanted him to do that. My heart was pure before him, but yet I was frustrated at some times because he wasn't speaking the way I wanted him to. He wasn't sending students the way I wanted him to. But that's what I want to share of how to embrace it. When we embrace and we are intentional about our relationship with God, He's always there with a purpose. He's always there with his presence. And even though during my sophomore and junior year, even though God wasn't speaking to me like I wanted him to, he was speaking to me through the scriptures. He was speaking through me through both of those appointments with him. It was just at the time I was struggling to realize that. It was at the time where I was struggling to realize that God was doing something in my heart that I couldn't see. And so I look back at my sophomore year and I embraced the season by reading and soaking God's word. But by doing that, by embracing that season, it, tra- it made a transition, an easy transition to the next season of that life, of my life, my junior year, where God was calling me to pray the scriptures. See, if I didn't embrace that first season of reading his scriptures, how would I even move to the next season of being able to pray those scriptures? And that is how God works in our lives when we embrace it. So the end of the story is when I moved into my senior year, that is when God broke loose. That is when God brought people to to the student union and McDonald, at McDonald's, at a table, countless of students. I can even give you testimonies of students who through my junior year, when I saw them passing, because we're people of habit. So I got to know like the habits of, of students. And some of those students God brought to my table my senior year. A few of them even wanted to commit suicide. A few of them needed to know the meaning of life. 
But because I embrace the season of reading the scriptures, of learning how to listen to the Lord, when a person sat, when a student sat across from me in my senior, during my senior year, I was able to share God, able to share the scriptures with confidence, with hope, with purpose. And then, because of praying for a whole year, my junior year, on top of the roof over my professors, I was able my senior year to be able to, to minister to my Spanish teacher. One day he spoke, I listened, I obeyed, I stepped out in faith, and I prayed for my Spanish teacher who came to class one day with bronchitis. And the Holy Spirit spoke and said, pray for her. So I took that step and I prayed for my Spanish teacher. And not only did God heal her because she came back the next day healed, but when I laid my hands, when I asked her if I could lay my hands and pray with her, the power of the Holy Spirit came and he allowed me to be able to speak words of wisdom about her marriage, about her life, words of prophecy per se. And that was actually the first time God used me in prophecy. And God really ministered to a Spanish professor during my, that time of time, that season of my life, my senior year at ASU. Now, why do I say all this? Well, because the Lord says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God is wanting us to get to a place where he is wanting us to be able to be conformed into his image day by day. But how does that happen? That happens as we go through seasons. That happens as we go through life, as we go through trials, as we go through tribulations. So if we can go ahead and, and let's go ahead and start reading verse 1. We can uh, verse 1 says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Point number one. The first thing we learn in this verse is that God has an appointed season and time for each of us. This is important for us to understand because God has a perfect time in everything that happens in our lives. This happens when we do not even know why. However, the seasons that we go through sometimes literally and sometimes not literally, we're going through them because God is drawing us closer to him. It is his way of allowing us to come and to be conformed more into his image. The various images that you and I will go through are our own personal journey with God. And what they look like is between you and God. It's between me and God. But the outcome of it is because he cares about us. And he cares about us so much that he wants us, he uses different seasons and different things in our lives to keep us moving towards him. I call this God's action of love. God is constantly pursuing his love after us. He is constantly wanting to, inform, to unfold his plans and his purposes in our life. So season after season, deeper after deeper, God is trying to get us to that place of us to understand his will for us. And season after season, God is drawing us closer to him, closer to his true intentions, closer to, for us to understand that he is a good God, that he is a great God. 
And as we continue to the next few verses in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 2 through 8 actually forms a poem, a very popular poem. This poem was so famous that John F. Kennedy said that it was his most favorite passage of Scripture. And because of that, in the 1970s, a group, a, band, a, a secular group by the name of the Birds produced a song about it. And I just have a glimpse of it right now uh, for us just to listen to the verses of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 2 through 8. And I'm sure this will, be familiar, this will sound familiar to some of you guys and, and ladies. Sound familiar? So instead of reading the scriptures, I thought we could listen to them. <laughs> so actually, uh, when I researched the song, uh, the birds, you kept saying the word turn, turn, turn as an example of like the seasons in our lives returning. And that's what God does in our lives spiritually. They turn and they turn, they keep turning. And I want to, emphasize again, I'm not talking about the circumstances of our seasons. I want to talk about the soul. The Lord really had me journal a lot when I was preparing this sermon for you about the soul and what it looks like to him and how important it is. Because just as Solomon is saying in this passage of scripture that there is a time for everything, but at the end of our time here on earth, our soul will go to heaven. And it is our soul that needs to be healthy. It is our soul that continues to live. It is our soul that really impacts the natural circumstances of what we go through in life. Because if we're not taking care of our soul, God is saying, then we will not be able to really understand who he is or the intimacy that he desires to have with us as individuals. So I want us to think about when I'm saying seasons, when we're talking about seasons, I'm talking about what is your soul? What, what season is your soul in this morning? Where are you in your relationship with God? Is it intimate? Is it far away? Does it feel distant? Just like the seasons of life, as they continue to turn, God will continue to bring circumstances and trials in our life until we get them, until we understand them, until we're able to go into a next season. 
in a, in a brief history of a, a science lesson, the seasons change, the natural, the, our natural seasons of summer, fall, winter. They change not because, not because the earth, not because the earth is so far away, not because the sun's so far away. It, it's changing because of the axis of the way that, that our earth is tilted. And that's the same with God. God is never far away from us when we're going through seasons, when we're going through trials. He is always there with us. His presence is always there with us. So there is a time and a season for everything. There is a purpose for everything. Point number two, God will cause each of the appointed seasons we go through to transition in his timing into something beautiful. Why? Because God wants us to experience his goodness. He wants us to experience that he is a good God. Not because you hear somebody say it. He wants to take you through your seasons yourself so that you can learn his intimacy, his goodness, his joyfulness, what he thinks about you, his plans and purpose for you. A.W. Tozar said, what you think about God is the most important thing about you. So not only does God allow these trials to come to bring us closer to him, but God also puts those trials in our hearts, in our lives, to allow us to experience and get ready for eternity. God has put eternity in our heart. Let's continue to read verse 11. He has set authority in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning and end. Point number three, God has placed eternity in our hearts. We are wired for eternity. Because we, because we are wired for eternity, God placed eternity as an everlasting, continuous cycle in our lives. That means no matter how unsuccessful you may feel this morning, or maybe you feel like you're at the ends of, your, of, of just holding on to something that you can't continue to hold on to any longer, God will allow you to go through this time of your life and experience that because he wants you to know that he loves you and that he is wanting you to understand that as we go through hard times and good times and bad times, that that is a transition where he wants to make everything good and beautiful, that all things work together for good. Romans 8.28 states, and we see and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. When we live long enough, we realize the importance of eternity. We realize that one day we will not be here on earth. And one day we will pass this, this, our, this earth and our soul will be up in eternity with God the Father. I don't know why God put such an emphasis in my heart here this morning about the soul and how he wants you and I to recognize the importance of taking care of our soul. And how we do that is to embrace the seasons that we are in right now. There is a story about Ruth Graham. And she came to a place in her time when she was a stay-at-home mom. She was raising children that she felt that she didn't have a purpose and she wasn't significant in life. As her husband was going out preaching crusades, and as 
He was being used of God to bring thousands of people into the kingdom of God. Ruth Graham came to a place where she felt that she was not being used of God. Until one day, the Holy Spirit spoke to her and said, you have significance of taking care of your children, of raising them, cooking, cleaning, changing diapers, all of that has significance. And so because of that, the story goes on to say that Ruth put a sign in her kitchen that said divine service done here three times a day as a reminder that what she was doing, the season of life that she was in, it had significance and purpose because she was dedicating it to the Lord and she realized that her children were not going to be at home forever. She realized that just like any other season, it's going to change, it's going to transition. And so she purposed in her heart that during the time that she was a stay-at-home mom, that she was going to cook and clean, change diapers, drink and feed everyone to the Lord, to, to, to the goodness of the Lord, with the purpose of the Lord, realizing that she had significance. And realizing one day that what she did at home is going to play an effect on her children when it comes to eternity. So therefore, God has placed eternity in our hearts. Moving on to verse 12 and 13. I now know that there is nothing better for man than to be happy and do good while they live. Thus, everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all of their work. This is the, this is the gift of God. That is what Ruth Graham was doing. She was finding the gift of happiness, her work as being a stay-at-home and mom. She found happiness and gave it, and God gave it to her as a gift from him to understand that what she was doing did have significance. Point number four, the seasons of our soul are where we learn to see God as he really is, a correct perspective of his heart for us. Now, none of us, we do not have the luxury of, understand, of, of, of choosing what season we're going to go through and when and what time. Only God has that. Only God has appointed our seasons. And because each season is important to help us understand where we are at with our heart with God, because each season allows God to allow us to see Him in a purpose and where we are at with Him. I guess what I'm trying to say here is, what season are you in today with your heart, with your soul, with your intimacy relationship with God? Wherever you are at today, God is asking you to trust Him and to realize that He has you here for you to know that He is good and nothing but good. Even though if you might have encountered a very, very difficult time, God wants you to know that He cares about the details of your life. He cares about what is taking place in your life. But there is a purpose Seek after his purpose. That's what God is wanting us to learn. Today, whatever season you're in, seek out his purpose because it will transition into that next season for something to build upon. Therefore, the seasons of our soul are where we learn to see God as he really is a correct perspective of his heart for us. Now let's read the second part of verse 14. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing takes away from it. God does it so that we will fear man, so that we will revere man. Point number five, God is sovereign over every season. 
There are different seasons for everything and God is sovereign over each of them in our lives. Do not forget that. While every season might be a good one or a bad one or a difficult one, remember that what you're going through, God is sovereign and he will turn it out to be something beautiful at the end. There is a plan and a purpose for it. And God is sovereign over everything. Nothing has taken place without him knowing and having control. God does this again because he wants our soul to come in intimate relationship with him and understand that he is a good God. And God is sovereign because he wants us also to realize that he is God and that we, are, we don't take control of our seasons that we go through. We don't control them. But what we can do is embrace them. What we can do is ask and ask God, why am I in this time? What is your plan? What is your purpose? What are you speaking to my soul? God is sovereign in every season. Moving on, when I speak about this morning, seasons again, it's the soul. And it's important to know the season that you're in. And we're going to be concluding with that right here. So for those of you, just hang on with me. Just as God has natural seasons of the winter, the spring, the summer, and the fall, he really spoke to my heart what these look like when it is emphasized with our soul, with the seasons of our soul, what this means. So in order to understand our season and what we're in today, we must first understand what season we're in. Now, when I travel, and I do travel a lot, the very first thing I like to do is check the weather report. Because boy, if I, if I pack for a place I'm going to that is summer, but I'm packing for winter, if, then I'm gonna be uncomfortable. If I'm packing a puffy coat in a winter coat, and I get off the plane, and it's summer, and it's sunny, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be very, discom I'm going to be uncomfortable and frustrated because I didn't pack right. See, this is what happens is when we, when we do not understand the season that our soul is in. Now, some of us might be in a season where we wish that the season will change, that we want, we want it to just move on. But I caution you, don't rush the process. What is God speaking to your heart? Why are you here? What is he speaking? What is he saying? So let's take a view of, of these. Let's take a look really quickly of, of what these seasons represent. And as we do, ask the Lord right now to speak to you, to show you what your season is. Winter. You feel like a failure and alone in the dark to figure out your problems. You may wonder if God is there, then why doesn't he do something? You're hidden and the right doors are just not opening. You're, concern, you're concerned that things will never break through into what you've hoped for. You feel like God doesn't care. And if he did, then he would provide what is important to you. You're exhausted. You have exhausted yourself. Trying hard, but with nothing to show for it. You may settle for comforting and numbing yourself in meaningless distractions 
even destructive behaviors. You're desperate for change, and you can't seem to see what's ahead. That is the winter season. The, the spring. You feel like you're finally seeing a breakthrough, but it can be overwhelming. You realize that you, what you fought for is beginning to be seen, and now you must see it through. Things may still, seem be, be, may still feel a bit fragile. You feel vulnerable and, and in over your head. You have a strong desire for God's justice to be seen in your life and his goodness towards you to be more clearly seen. The season has unique challenges, but you know you can get through it if you stay full of hope. Things seem so intense that you have to remind yourself that this is what you originally asked for. You wish you had more control over the way things are going, but you know you ultimately just need to hang on in there and follow through. That is the spring, the summer season of your soul. You feel like you hardly know where to start because you're so behind and you have so much to do. You know you're doing what you should be doing, but it's super busy and sometimes overwhelming. You feel a bit burned out at times, even though it's for a good cause. You truly love what you're doing and what's happening, but you have a strong need for God's grace to help you stay on course. For the most part, you think you're, you think you're doing what you're supposed to, but you really hope God is pleased with it all and that if it's his favor that, on you, that you're just not making things happen. You feel like you aren't able to keep up the pace much longer. Things may be busy that you miss the intimacy that you had with God. That is the summer and finally the fall. You feel satisfied with the fruit of your life, but still have a strong desire to see it pass on to others. You want the thing you care about so much to be a blessing and more than just to yourself. You want to have, you want to have a legacy of its own. Although you've seen great victory, you realize the best part was what you experienced along the way. It was difficult, but you know it was so worth it. You feel regret over some aspects of what you were able to accomplish. You wish you've gotten more credit, while other times you wonder if it really was successful. Bottom line, in this point of your journey, you have discovered more of who God really is, and you want to make, it more, make more of it and realize that there's more than and ends to itself when it comes to God. This leads to our last verse, verse 15. Whatever has already been and what will be has been before, and God will call the past to account. Point number six, live intentionally in every season of your life. I began sharing... In closing, if we could have whoever's playing in the background, I shared about how I was intentional with two seasons of my life in college. Intentional with the season of knowing, wanting to know God. I purposed in my heart that no matter what, I was going to embrace that season he had me in. No matter what it looked like, no matter how hard it was, that is where I began to realize that God was there all the time. 
His presence was there. He was speaking. He was growing me, transforming me. And I want you to know that that's where we are all at. No matter what season we're in, God's presence is there. Calling us, aching for us. He wants to move us to that next season. But he won't do it until we're ready. God would not have allowed me to move to the next season of prayer if I didn't understand the scriptures of what I was praying. He wouldn't have moved me to the season of ministering to my Spanish teacher or all of those students that he sat before me in McDonald's if I didn't have the ability to sit still before him to hear his heart. Because what was happening was when I was praying for those students passing by, when I was praying scriptures over them, God was giving me a heart for them. So when that student sat in front of me, I already knew them. I knew them through the Father's heart. And it made it easy for me to say, you know what? You don't need to take your life. There is a Father that loves you. And God just saved a soul. A soul. Because I embraced a season. Don't rush the season that you're in today. Take time. As we close, the last point, number seven. Your worship in each season is central to your relationship with God. I love Jamie. Without, I mean, she could have just preached my sermon right there this morning when she said she woke up, she felt heaviness. What did she do? She worshiped. God just confirms the conclusion of this service through Jamie without her even knowing it. It's worship. And I asked the Lord to give you the worship of what it looks like when you're in each season. And that's how we're going to close. If you are in that winter season, when you heard the words that we're speaking or read them on the slide or read them on your handout, God is wanting you to worship him. To understand that the time that you're going through right now is he wants to invade your heart and reveal to you that he is a life giver. Winter seasons are hard. We feel distant. But God is there. Pour out your heart in worship if you're in the winter season, asking God to invade all of who you are and ask him to fulfill your heart with him. That will help you through this winter season. This morning, if you are feeling in the spring season of your soul, simply yield your eyes to Jesus. Yield your eyes to God and ask him, why are you going through this? But also ask him to show you him through this. Cry out to God for deliverance, for help, for strength. That's your song if you are in the spring season. God, be my deliverer. Be my strength. Help me to see where I'm at today so that you, you can show me your goodness and your strength. God is the author and finisher of everything. He wants to remind you if you are in the spring season. 
This morning, if you're in the summer season, simply maintain the romance with God. This means that you might be in the season where you're doing things for him, but you're forgetting to be with him. They're good things. You're busy. It's school's in session. Work is, budgets are due. We're trying to get to the end of the year. But this is a time, maintain, this is a time to maintain the romance, the first love that brought you to the place of fruitfulness. Cry out to God for sustaining help in the midst of intense busyness and chaos. And lastly, this morning, today, if you are in the fall season, simply celebrate the Lord and rejoice. Make a cry of an abandonment to God, saying that he is the worthy one. Celebrate, adore, and focus on God because he brought the harvest through. That you flourished and you bared fruit, and this is just a time for you to enjoy your season of fruitfulness. But realize it will transition into another season. Can you learn today with me to surrender your season to God and embrace it? And how do we do that? We're going to end right here with worship. So if we can just all stand. As we just play a worship song, however's led of Jamie, take the worship song of your season and express it out to God in faith and let him minister to your soul, minister to your soul. Father, thank you so much for each and every one here. Thank you for your words. Thank you for the seasons that you have us in. Thank you, Father, for the time that we have to just surrender all to you this morning and say, God, have your way. God, let our souls be ministered as we cry out to you in our seasons, as we cry out to you with the song of our hearts. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Sunday service webcast from Cornerstone Church of Parker in Parker, Colorado. We hope that His truth has enriched your life and inspires you to greater works in God's kingdom. We invite you to worship with us in our Sunday morning service or join in our other ministry events posted on cornerstonechurchofparker.org. Cornerstone Church, built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and connecting people to God, each other, and to our world.